deliverance, if you need a healing, if you need encourage, if you need to draw closer to God, whatever you may need, the answer is here today. And we just got to open up our hearts. And we just got to release some faith today in this place right now. I'm glad when we come together. If he's here with two, just think what he's here with a couple hundred. He's here for you and I today. It is so good to have Brother and Sister Loxamana with us this morning. We go back a long ways. We appreciate their friendship and their children. And uh, it is so good to have them here from the Philippines. Uh, they are a part of Life Church. Uh, I think he's minister at large. <laughs> Philippines is a big place. <laughs> but we appreciate him. He was our key coordinator when we all took the trip to the Philippines. Him and Sister Loxamana putting that together. And they're doing a tremendous work there. God is using them mightily. And I believe they're here to see kids and grandkids. <laughs> and uh, spend some time here before they go back to the Philippines. So we're just excited to have them here with us, and we just want him to come at this time, and he's going to minister the Word of God. Now you've got to open your heart to the Spirit of God, and let's just let God do something great this morning. Amen? God bless you, Brother Laksamana. Praise the Lord. That's okay. Let's put our hands together. Let's praise the Lord one more time. Hallelujah. Come on. Let's give it all unto the Lord. Hallelujah. He's worthy. Come on. Somebody raise your hands towards heaven. Reach out. Reach out to the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise Him and worship Him. He's worthy of all our praise. He's worthy to receive all the glory, all the honor, all the praise belong to Him. Let's give it all to Him. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord. Truly, the presence of the Lord is in this place today. Can I have a witness in the house? The Lord is in this place today. I feel the presence of the Lord. I feel Jesus passing by. You don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss it. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. You may be seated. God bless you. I... My wife and I are so thrilled to be here. We're excited. And, um, of course, with uh, the ministry team, our friends, um, I don't know, I'm call, I'm, am I going to call him bishop, reverend, friend, brother, <laughs> everything. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Um, we appreciate um, Elder John Stone and his family. And um, uh, uh, Elder Hart, Elder Flowers, everybody here today, all the ministry team. Praise God, Sister Johnstone. Good to see you again. Uh, appreciate the ministry of this church. Uh, truly, there's nothing like apostolic church. Nothing like apostolic church. Hallelujah. When I say that, 
I mean what I say because um, the way we sing and the way we worship is different. I've been to many churches. We traveled around, even in the Philippines, to where uh, it's being labeled as um, you know, revivalist, you know, revival church. And like you just walk in there and you know, they always explode in worship. But I've been, my wife and I have been to many places to where we've seen a lot of uh, traditional very traditional churches, uh, services, or I say orthodox, you know, way of things they do, sing and they worship, you know, in different ways. But uh, walking in this place today, we had this group praying and people here praying. We started the worship, singing. Amen. Praise God. The presence of the Lord is moving in all the corners of the room. Hallelujah. The presence of God is very evident in what we do. We, um, how the Lord is attracted is in the way people worship sincerely from their hearts and from their spirits. Praise God. And so uh, he's all over the place today. Um, we, um, we were introduced from the Philippines. And <laughs> we just came from the Philippines, although we have, we have lived... Uh, in the state for, what, uh, almost two decades, a long time, and we raised our kids here in the state. But coming back here from, uh, what, eight months of travel, traveling around in different places in the Philippines, um, like driving through the pass and the mountains and seeing all the cascades and, you know, the views, this, you know, the natural beauty of the Washington state, my wife is like playing tourist again. She's taking pictures everywhere, like, what's going on here? Like, you know, we've never been here. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, it's different. When you go to that other, you know, side of the globe, it's truly different. I know we have a team, you know, just went there, and uh, it's different. We have mountains, uh, not very much like the mountains we have here in the Northwest. Our mountains here are nothing compared to what we have, the greens and everything. That's why we are called the, the evergreen state, the emerald state. Amen. Uh, we are uh, enjoying um, our stay again in Washington state. Um, I don't know. If I would testify about the work in the Philippines, then I'm still going to preach. I might take a lot of time, but I'll just let my wife do the do some, um, a little bit of testimony, if that's okay. Yeah. Call my wife to say something about what's happening in the Philippines, our ministry there, and um, how the Lord takes care of us there. Come on, my wife, please come and greet the congregation. Praise the Lord. I have to hold her and drag her here because she's nervous. <laughs> um, usually before I preach, um, it's, it's an automatic thing. She knows the drill. She would sing, right? But I don't in think I'm... In the Philippines, okay. Yeah, in the Philippines. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to ask her to sing because um, I don't know if she can take that. But she would testify. Amen. Can we just praise the Lord one more time and 
Let's thank the Lord for what he's doing in our lives. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. If you're a preacher's wife, you have to be ready, okay? He didn't tell me that. <laughs> He's going to call me. Um, but that's okay. You know, God has been so good. We've been singing songs about the goodness of God, of how no matter what circumstance, you still have to choose to worship, to praise him, because he's always worthy. You know, things change in our lives. Seasons change. But the only thing that doesn't change, of course, we know it's God. His faithfulness never changes. His goodness never changes. His kindness is always there, his love. And so we're so grateful for that. Thank God for bringing us back here. Um, we'll be back to the Philippines on the 3rd of December and then come back again in States on the 20th of December. So we're just traveling the world. <laughs> And thank God for the strength and the energy he's giving us every time. But the um, thing that I want to say to you today, to, um, to hopefully that will bless you, is that God is always with us wherever we went. Uh, our first missionary journey assignment, I, I think when we got to the Philippines, I was not really Philippines yet. Um, we went to... Singapore, Malaysia, and even we went to Brunei. If you don't know where is that part of the, the earth or the globe, you can check that later. But uh, it's different from here. It's different from America. It's totally different ways of living. And the economic situation is so different. And so we went there, and God has used us and made a way to open doors to different places there. Um, Malaysia is a country that is number one in corruption. I really thought before it was Philippines. But when we got there, we saw how their economic system was really bad. And they told us because of that problem. But also the places um, more dominant uh, religion was uh, Muslim or Islam. And so there was a battle in the spirit, of course. But we found a group, a small group, that have asked us to go there and help them to build, to build their group. So every night we would have Bible studies, um, sharing. Just, they, they just stayed. They're ju they were just hungry. And every night, the whole uh, a week and a half we were there, we were doing that. And uh, we just prayed for them. They were in a small house, a small place. And we knew God is going to do great things through them. So on the side trip, we went to Brunei. Brunei is a rich country. There's a lot of oil there. Uh, we went to the palaces of the Sultan. You could see it's so rich. The gold is everywhere. Nothing like that here in America. And there was, there's no single apostolic oneness uh, believer, at least that is known, uh, in that place that would gather. And so we were just silently praying, walking around there, um, because you're not allowed to pray in the public. And uh, it's a very nice country. But you know, you could feel there's something in the spirit. So we left that place. We went back to Malaysia. And then we went back to Singapore. We did all our ministry. And then after a few months, the Malaysia, the group that we helped, like just 11 or 12 of them, have testified that the door was just opened 
that they could not even um, uh, imagine. Uh, because the place in Brunei, somebody also went there and prayed, the, the group from Singapore. But then somebody got connected to a Trinitarian group. And then from that time on, um, they were doing Bible study underground, okay? Um, and then they were baptized in Jesus' name. The pastor was baptized in Jesus' name and the whole congregation. And after that, he shared it to his other friends that are pastor. They were baptized again, a second group, a second congregation with a pastor, and then a third group in the congreg of the congregation and their pastor. And then there was another, lately, uh, a lady that was so hungry for God, and she was shared about the truth. And then she also did, uh, was baptized in Jesus' name, and then received the Holy Ghost, and then she went on wherever she was assigned to work and started her own group. So right now there are four. There are four apostolic oneness. People of God serving him in a secret place. It's underground. But we, we will continue to pray for them. So those are just one of the things that God has done that we've seen it with our own eyes. Before, when we were in America, we would just hear those news. Right? It's just, oh yeah, we heard that. But it's not happening, you know, in our... But right right there we were there and so we were so thankful and god has brought us too many places in in the philippines um we've seen everything we were in the cities we were in the nice church buildings the philippines has been blessed um 25 years ago when we left it was so different but right now they're so blessed but sometimes they're they're getting distracted and then they're getting bound in the traditions and stuff and so God is using us so slowly in just, you know, in small groups to help them realize that we need all to go back to the apostolic teaching, which is, that's biblical. And we just need, don't need to forget that. And that's beautiful. And God has just used us so in many ways. Sometimes my husband would be invited to preach in one of the, the towns in Mindanao. Mindanao is, that's where the president lives. And so that's the place where there's a lot of wars and stuff like that before. But now it's very peaceful. Um, but still, a lot of people are scared to go there. But we've traveled that area quite often, you know, last few months. Um, he would be asked to preach in one place, and they will ask me to preach in the other church. And I said, I'm not a preacher. <laughs> I'm just a pastor's wife, a preacher's wife. But I guess now God is just kicking me out of the comfort zone of mine, and <laughs> I have to obey. Because, you know, when you answer God, you really have nothing to offer but your willingness to obey. And that's all I have, actually. I told God, I really, I'm not that special. I don't know. I don't have a special talent. But, you know, all I can offer to you, God, is my willingness to obey. Willingness to leave what I had here. If you are from here and you've never been to that place of the world, you will, never, you will not realize how much you have here. Even now, when I'm here now, when I'm back after five months, I can't believe how much... We spend on things that we're not, we don't need. And it just, God changed me on that side of my life, letting me realize 
these things won't last. The thing that those times, those years I've spent my life that I thought was my time in my calling in my place on this earth, all the years, which I don't regret. Those were the times at work that we raised our kids. But I thought that's where I am going to retire and just enjoy life. But no, God has just changed my mindset, my perspective in life. He taught me and he showed me the real thing in life, which is the only thing that will last in life is the thing that you are doing for Christ. That's all. That's really all. All that we do here and everything that we have here, we cannot take with us. But anything that you do for Christ will last. So that's where we're supposed to invest most of our time, most of our energy. And that's where we need to be giving much of our uh, attention. Like what the Bible says, you know, do not set your things on here. Because these are just temporary. And last thing I want to say is, I've been to different places, mountains, villages, you won't imagine places where we lived, where we stayed, where we slept, the bathrooms, everything. I did not imagine to be in those places. And even, even being a Filipino, that was so new to me and hard for me sometimes and, and so many times. But I started loving those people. In the latest conference, I spoke to many conferences in those places, mountains, villages and stuff. And I've seen them going to the conference without shoes, some of them, with dirt on their feet. And it's like they would travel by foot just to be in that gathering. And they see like they don't want to leave. And I said, here we are. You know, we are so spoiled sometimes in this place that the door is open for the conference, for the gathering, and no one's coming. Those people coming from the mountain, they would walk for hours. Sometimes they would even um, stop because the, the, the river is full, you know, the water is so high, they have to stop for two hours to make it so they can cross. That's the sacrifice I've seen. And I said, you know what? One day when we get to heaven, we're all just going to be the same people, redeemed, washed in the blood of God. We're all going to look the same. We won't know who came from the Philippines, who came from uh, Russia or Malaysia or America. No distinction. You won't know who were those people that were from the mountain, from the village. Who were those poor people? Because we're all just going to be the same. And that's the beauty of heaven. Because God will just be all together for all of us. Can we clap our hands to the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. There's a lot of exciting things that we, uh, we went through in the Philippines. Um, many trips, many, many trips. And um, um, if you will just look at our schedules, um, it's kind of overwhelming. And people would always say, how do, you, how do you still sleep? How do you still take a time to relax and take a break? Uh, you know, it, it, it is exhausting, but there is nothing more like, 
you know, do, when you do things in the kingdom of God and you see people uh, being blessed and receiving the ministry and um, you see the work of God in the lives of many people, there's nothing more rewarding than those things. I guess that's why all the ministers, are, you know, they stay in the ministry because of those things. It's not, you know, because of the many other things, but it's because of how God is entrusting us to help out and reach out and, and uh, seeing people's lives being changed and delivered and healed and all that stuff. Yeah. Amen. Praise God. There's nothing more rewarding than that. Um, in the Philippines, there's a lot of revivals going on there. There's, um, there's a lot of uh, teams from the USA and from other countries that are coming to the Philippines and minister there. They do crusades, they do conferences and big revival events, right? Like when recently before we came here, we were in Mindanao and there was uh, like 50 ministers from the U.S. from, from here. Um, there's actually a couple from Washington State. They're all over, you know, from different states. They came to the Philippines, like 50 of them, and, and uh, they're all in one city that we were in that time. And so you can tell, like, they're spread out and scattered in many churches, preaching and conducting different kinds of uh, events and services. And there's, it's always like that. Um, even in general, conferences will be flooded of you know, foreign guests and ministers from different parts of the world just to minister and um, um, being used of God in different capacities, right? Um, even right now, right now, I was um, contacted by a friend and actually in the district where you guys went, the Central Zone District, there's like 35 ministers from the U.S. that are there right now. They're scattered in different churches and they're preaching, you know, preaching around. And um, um, what I'm trying to say is that uh, the Philippines had become like a, a hub of evangelistic, you know, uh, trips from different, different ministers and pastors and uh, evangelists, and they're coming from different parts of the world just to be there. And a lot of them, uh, they, want, they just want to see the revival. They want to see, you know, how the revival explodes in the services and how the people worship. Um, it's, it's a sight to see. It's a beautiful sight to see. When you see thousands, if you heard the news or, you know, from the report... That a few years ago, uh, they broke the record of about 50,000 received the Holy Ghost just in one event, just in one big, huge crusade. And that was after, like, I think in El Salvador, you know, just a little less than that was recorded. And then, you know, in the Philippines. So a lot of people are coming to the Philippines just to see that, right? And then coming back here, there you know, excited and encouraged and, you know, their boost and, you know, in their ministry and they're on fire. What I'm saying is that in the Philippines, they have seen many different kinds of ministries. They're not like the novice country or churches. It's not like, you know, uh, 
even if you go to some remote areas, they're being reached by different kinds of ministries. So they are very exposed to the you know, different kinds of um, revivals and um, different ways that they try to minister. I remember just thinking, thinking about that when my wife was talking and um, coming here back in the United States. Um, just to testify about the things that we do there in the Philippines is that we are, we are there, we went there not to compete with them, not to be like them, not to share in the same platform and do the same thing they're doing. They kind of ministered in different ways, the way they do things. But just like the team that we had from the States, the Life Church team when they came, they, there's that special, beautiful remark that you hear from everybody. This ministry is different. The ministry that they bring, that they brought, that they are sharing is different. Why is that different? Because they did not come with programs. They did not come with manuscripts. They did not come with, with uh, books of you know, sermons and all that to preach to the people. No, they just come and stand behind the pulpit and just follow the leading of the Spirit in what the direction of God is, is leading to and going to. And they will just ride in the wave of you know, what God is doing. And they will just obey the Spirit and will speak. And let the spirit flow through them. And people are like, wow, where's this coming from? What, what is happening? They're excited about that. It's different. Something different. So with that purpose in our minds, in our hearts, when we came to the Philippines, like we had nothing to compete. We had nothing to offer like these other people you know, do and bring and uh, introduce in the Philippines. All we can do is just obey the Spirit of God and allow God to flow through us and just minister through us and bless people through us and touch people through us and just be trusting in the Lord mainly, depending on the move of the Spirit and just uh, putting ourselves in, in a position of a vessel, not just to receive and receive and absorb and absorb, but to allow what God wants to flow through us. Through us. Amen. There's a lot of divisions going on in the Philippines. They're like um, uh, labeling the ministry of you know, what's coming there. Who's going to be in the platform. Who's going to take care of the event. Uh, what kind of ministry they bring. And so they start labeling names and, and uh, marking down, oh, I love that preacher. Oh, that preacher that came uh, a year ago, a few months ago. You know, they compare notes of different kinds of, like celebrities or talents. And, you know, it's like, uh, it's, it's coming to that kind of showcasing ministries, you know. They come to the platform and, and sometimes they will like uh, preach three, uh, five, six, seven different kinds of preachers in an hour. And they're like, who, you know, shout and yell and run and like a showcasing of talents and, and abilities of preachers. 
That's, all, that's what they see in the Philippines. That's what they are doing in the Philippines. You know, with the 50 ministers that came, sometimes, like in one crusade, they're all in one service. What are they going to do? You know, it's like, okay, I've got to be, I've got to be better than the first one. I've got to show, you know, my talent and how I yell louder than the others. When we came, we saw that. How pitiful is it to find the church to where you just stand behind the pulpit and you can tell, you can feel how they're trying to measure you. How they're trying to See if you have something to deliver like the others. With that in mind, I was just sitting there. And uh, I remember the, the position of the Apostle Paul. When he wrote to the church in Corinth. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Just a little background of where we're going. He wrote a letter to the Corinthians, the first letter. He addressed the issue about contentions in the church, divisions in the church, the mindset of the people to where some would be in the side of, I am for Apollos, I like Apollos. Some would say, I like Cephas. Some would say, oh, I like Paul. And some would say, oh, I'd rather be here in Christ. And Paul addressed that issue. It's like the same thing in the Philippines. You, you come up there on the platform and like, see if he's like Paul. See if he's like Apollos. See if he's like, you know, Brother Huntley. See if he's like Brother Bernard. See if he's like this and that, you know. And we're like, we don't want to be part of any of those. We just want to obey what God wants to bring to the people. Praise God. And so, the Apostle Paul clarified that issue in chapter 2 when he said, And I, brethren, when I came to you, if you would follow my reading in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, chapter 2, And I, brethren, when I came to you, I came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, Declaring unto you the testimony of God. He wants to declare the things of God. The testimony of God. The word of God. He wants to declare the things of what God is doing. And what God wants to bring to us. Amen. But he needed to clarify and put himself aside. As being known, the one being educated, highly educated, highly intelligent person. Grew up memorizing the scriptures and, and uh, studied in the feet of, of one of the most popular uh, genius Pharisee by the name of Gamaliel. And um, he's, he's up there. Everybody knows him. He's the apostle Paul. He's Paul. He was the chief. One of the chief persecutors and all that. And he knows so many things. He's, he's one of, the, of uh, the one that's up in a different level among the Pharisees. He could just narrate and open his mind and his brain. And pour out his knowledge and everything that he knew. And just memorize what he memorized in the scriptures. Maybe word for word. 
with so much eloquence and pers- persuasive words and full of wisdom. But he clarified his intention. I come not to bring myself in that capacity. I came not with the excellency of speech or of, or of wisdom to declare unto you the testimony of God. And he said in verse 4, I think, he said, My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. He clarified his intention. First off, he let his people see his stepping aside. And just allowing God move his spirit. The demonstration of his spirit and his power. In other words, they would hear him speak. But what they would hear is the demonstration of the power of God through him speaking. He would preach and he he would teach. But what they would hear and what they would receive is is. The spirit of God, the anointing of God, the flow of God's spirit. How God is reaching out. They would feel the presence, the love of God in that ministry. Putting himself aside. And he's got a purpose for that. His goal in mind. Why he would step aside. Why he would allow just the demonstration of God's spirit and power to move In the congregation. In verse 5 he said. So that your faith. Will not stand. In the wisdom of man. So that your faith. Everybody say faith. faith. Everything that we do in the church. In our relationship with God. Whether in the ministry level. Or in the. In the membership level or the new convert level. In whatever position or capacity or ability that we do in the kingdom of God. It's all under the, uh, under the, um, under the operation of faith. Yes. Amen. We all have one common denominator in everything that we do. We do it by faith. We sing by faith. We give by faith. We worship by faith. Hallelujah. I preach by faith. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We do things. We witness. Whatever we do in the kingdom of God. It has to be done by faith. That's why we read throughout the pages of the Bible. The just shall live by faith. Everything that we do, we do it by faith. You do not want to do things in the kingdom of God without faith. You do not want to. Because faith is the indispensable, indispensable element. It's a crucial, it's a very important and very essential factor or element in a relationship with God. You remove faith and you are disconnected with God. You take faith out of the equation 
And you don't see God in anywhere that you do. Because the Bible says without faith, you cannot please God. Without faith, we do not have the approval of God. Without faith, God has nothing to do with it. Because in all that we do, we do it by faith. You say, Brother Laksamana, you're preaching to us about faith? Are you kidding us? Are you joking us? That's the most basic topic that we hear all the time. Faith. Faith is too basic. The Bible says, Ephesians 2.8, we are saved by grace through faith. Hallelujah. Sometimes we magnify the grace too much. That it's all by grace. It's all about grace. Everything is because of grace. But let us not forget. We cannot make it to grace. Without faith taking us there. We're not going to receive the grace of God. Without the vehicle of faith. For us to receive what God has to offer. Your life's not going to be changed. By the grace of God. Without faith. You're not going to be here today if you do not believe in the God that we are going to meet in this place. It's by faith. Hallelujah. So, I preach. And I purpose in my heart that I will never ever minister. And try to help people in the kingdom of God. Without the operation of faith. I'm just believing. I'm just fully trusting in, in, in what God has to offer. And what God wants to bring on the table. And I'll just be obedient. And then depending on the God. That I know. He's able to do exceeding. Abundantly above all that we may ask or think. Amen. According to this power that we have in us. The Holy Ghost. Praise God. By faith. That's all we can offer. That's all we have to offer wherever we go in the Philippines. Wherever we minister in, in tribal outreach, in the city outreach, in different uh, events. I want to see, I want the people to see God in operation. The, the servant, the minister that's standing in front of them is not there just to just to persuade people and convince people and, and try to bring some, you know, some fancy words or sugar-coated words of preaching and just to make them feel good and tickle their ears. <laughs> well, that's, how, that's what's going to happen in the last days. Amen. But the Apostle Paul Made it clear that I stand before you. I put aside human wisdom and all these things that I know. And let just the Spirit of God demonstrate His power, His Spirit, so that your faith will not stand in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. 
What happens when a, when a Christian or when a child of God is all for the fancy, you know, ministry and, you know, showcasing talents of the ministry and who's better, who's best, who's a better preacher, who's less. Then we are establishing a preacher religion in the church. Our faith is based on those things. Our faith is based on how good they deliver, how good they play, how good they sing, on the quality of the voice. I'm glad the Bible did not say without faith, without a good quality voice, you cannot please God. In that case, I failed big time. I don't have that quality of voice, Reverend Elder Hart brings on the table when he preaches. With a deep laugh. Everybody say praise the Lord. See, I can't. And the way Elder Johnson would preach with passion and fire, you know, I'm like, I can try to imitate that. But God did not call us with the spirit of imitation, but the spirit of incarnation. Amen. Hallelujah. It's the spirit of God incarnate in us and flowing through us and minister through us. And so what I say is we sing through the spirit, through God. I mean, God singing through us. We worship, we touch God, and we minister, and we preach, and we teach. When God just uses us to preach and to teach. Because when, we, when our faith is built on any other things but the things of God or the power of God and the spirit of God then our faith will just go in shambles. Our faith is very shallow. Our faith is very unstable. If there's none of those things in the platform, uh, you will just fall asleep. You're not going to like it. you probably say, I'll just, I probably better stay home. But in all that we do, We want to make sure our faith grows, our faith increases in the things that we receive from God. Not in what the person, the individual, the people offers. Praise God. So most of the time, you know, we we will just, if you notice in, in the apostolic ministry, we will just feel on the direction of the Holy Spirit. And we stand up there in the platform and we'll just tap on that direction. And boom, we're just going to that leading and just follow where God is going. And just speak as an oracle of God and be obedient to the voice of God. That's when needs are being met. That's when lives are being changed. That's when miracles happen. Hallelujah. That's when things, the demonstration of God's spirit is is in operation in, in the midst of the congregation.
that only happens when God moves. That's all, that only happens when it is God who orchestrates things. Not in programs. Not the orchestrations of what we do. To make it look good. But everything that God does is good. Is good. Even now I'm preaching about faith. You say, oh, that's basic. But sometimes... God would like to remind us and bring us to the very basic. When God wants to walk and we decided to run. Sometimes we go too fast in this journey when God's just walking. Amen. Sometimes we need to look back and review the things that God wants to do. And sometimes in a basic way. In the book of Hebrews, we find about faith is the substance of things hoped for. In other translation, it says it is the assurance of the things that we hope for. We hope for something that we already have an assurance. We're just hoping on something that we already have the, the substance. It's only possible by faith. And then it says it is the evidence of the things unseen. It is the intangible evidence of the things that we do not see. How can the evidence be intangible? How can you have evidence of the things that you do not see? How can you say, I'm assured, I have the assurance, and I have the evidence of the things that you do not see? See, we come to church today, there's nowhere we can see visibly or, or on a tangible figure Jesus Christ sitting on the throne. No. But because of faith we believe Jesus is in the house. Because of faith we believe in, in the things that we do not see. He is here. God is here. God is in the house. God is sitting on the throne. In his majestic glory. He's high and lifted up. He's in the center stage. Hallelujah. Sitting on the throne. And so we all cry out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to the highest. Because by faith. We believe in the things that we do not see. When Thomas. Came to Jesus. Doubting Thomas. He be. He would not believe because he, he has not seen. And so Jesus told him, uh, rebuked him and said, You believe because you have seen. But blessed are those who have not seen and yet they believe. We are all blessed today. Hallelujah, I'm blessed because I, I do not see God. Hallelujah, but he's speaking and he's trying to demonstrate his power and his spirit. And I'm just follow, he's following his leading on something that I do not see. And you respond to his word. You respond and worship him. And yet you do not see. But you are blessed. You are blessed. Why don't we clap our hands to the Lord and praise him and thank him. The God that we do not see. But we know he's sitting on the throne. 
We know he's in the center stage. We can crown him with praise and glory and honor. We know they all belong to him. Hallelujah. We worship him even though we do not see him. But we can feel the presence of God. We can feel the spirit of God in this place today because by faith by faith hallelujah hallelujah it is by faith that moves the hand of God without faith God will look away but he he cannot help himself to look where faith is coming from amen when he is doing things in one, in one place. And there's somebody reaching out by faith. God cannot help it but. I see faith. I feel faith. I, I, I can sense faith in that direction. And God is drawn to faith. God is drawn to faith. God is coming at you because of your faith. Hallelujah. It is, it is faith that connects us with God. It is the vehicle that for us to receive what God has to offer. Without faith, you cannot please God. I'm glad the Bible did not say, without giving the highest tithes in this congregation, let's say, you know, one would give the highest, and you know, you say, I wish I can give higher than this brother's tithes, and so I can please God more. Yeah, the Bible did not say that because a lot of us would not qualify, would not be able to please him. I'm glad the Bible did not say, you know, if we cannot play the piano the way uh, Sister Kim is playing the, the keyboard, we cannot please God. That means most of us failed already. <laughs> like we, we will feel like rejected. Because we cannot please God that way. The way other people do things. You see, uh, that's why we don't compare ourselves with one another. Amen. Different stature, different height, dif- you know, different color, different, different culture, different background, different, different status quo. It doesn't matter to God as long as we all have faith. As long as we all have faith. It's the only requirement of God. If you're going to come and and stand before his throne, you've got to have faith. If you're going to reach out to God and try to feel his presence, you've got to have faith. If you're going to receive what God is offering, you've got to have faith. You're going to understand what the word of God is saying. You've got to have faith. It's all about. Hallelujah. Hebrews 11 is the faith chapter of the Bible. We find that through faith, this world was framed by the word of God. It's not created by the things that, are, that do appear, but the things that do not appear. It was all created that way. because of faith we believe that. You're like, it doesn't make sense how that possible. You believe that because of faith. And then the Lord put all the names in that chapter. 
The Bible tells us what Enoch did by faith. At first it says, uh, um, they, these people, these names we read in, in, in Hebrews 11, um, they all received and obtained a good report from God. Looking at the different translation, it's, it says, they all received a high commendation by God. It's like God gathered those names and those people and put you know, this testimony in one chapter of what people did, what these names did by faith. Tells us what Enoch did by faith, what Abel did by faith, what Abraham did by faith. What Isaac did by faith. What Jacob did by faith. And so forth and so on. It's all about faith. But then. There's only one verse in that whole chapter. To where we read. Without faith. In verse 6. Without faith. See all these people. God testified about all these men. And women. They all obtained the good report, a high commendation, like God commended Enoch what he did by faith. God commended Abel what he did by faith. He commended Abraham what he did by faith. And all these names in the chapter. But then, just to emphasize one thing very important without faith, we cannot please. Hallelujah. Without faith we cannot please God. For he that cometh to God. Must believe that he is. And that he is. A rewarder. Of them that diligently seek him. Sometimes. We're good in just coming to God by faith. Believing who he is. We all came here today because we believe he's God. This is the church of God. He is the omnipotent, omniscient, um, omnipresent, immutable, holy, just, merciful, loving God. In all of these attributes, we all believe that. That's who he is. And most of the times we do not have problem believing who he is. We have faith on who he is. But how most of the times we walk in and we walk out the same is because we do not believe so much on he, that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. How many times we just tap on the presence of God and and tap on the throne and just reporting on duty, God, I know who you are. You are, the, you are the powerful God. You're the omnipotent, omniscient God. You know all things. Praise God, I worship you then. Welcome. But how about believing and diligently seeking about what God is able to do in your life right now? Meeting your needs today. Not next week, not next month, not next year. How about let the operation of faith be in your spirit, in your heart right now. Not only believing who he is, but believing that he is the rewarder of them that diligently, diligently, diligently seek him. Amen. That's when you get serious about 
trying to stay in the presence of God. Hallelujah. Not, not living and, 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 and getting out of your, of your knees or in your prayer spot without receiving or without, when God is not even done. How many times we just tap on the, a little bit in the altar and not linger and wait and diligently seek for what God wants to offer. Amen. Remember, he's not just who he is, but he's also the rewarder. Rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Amen. By faith. By faith. See, the God we are serving, he's the God that knows exactly what we need. Even before you came here today, he knows exactly what you need. He's got something in store already for you and me. But how many times we don't get to that part? We leave him in the spot to where we just tap on his presence. We just felt his love. Amen. We know he's there. We had fellowship with him. But to diligently seek him for the rewards that he has for us, for the blessing. For the things that he has in store for you and me. Amen. That's another thing. See, the God that we are serving is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we may ask or think. According to the power that works in us. Believing that he is able to do exceeding. See, when I looked at that verse, it sounds like the Apostle Paul was running out of all the superlative words just to describe his God, who he is, what he can do, what he can offer, what he can bring on the table. He said, unto him who is able, that's one, he's able, that's already you know, big word, positive. What he's able. When we're not able, he's able. But he didn't stop with that. He said, unto the God that I know, who is able to do exceeding. Able and also exceeding. You add that, those two words. He's able and also exceeding. And he didn't stop there. He came up with another word. What else? Ah, it's got to be something more of what, what this God that I know is able to do. Unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly. How can, you un- how can you fathom? How can you try to comprehend? Exceeding abundantly. He can do exceedingly. And not only exceedingly but abundantly. And then. He had another superlative word. Above all. See what God can do? What, what God can bring? What God, what God can give us today? We believe on that right now in this service. I don't know what your situation is. I don't know what you're going through right now. I don't know how painful it is. In your circumstance. 
I don't have a clue what kind of darkness you are in right now. I, I have no clue how deep is the pit you fell into at the moment. But the God that I'm serving, I believe, I have faith. He is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the Holy Spirit. The power of the Spirit of God that works in us is able. We're serving the God who is more than enough. More than what you can think of. More than what you can imagine. He's able. He can, he can bless you more than you think. He can, he can supply your needs more than you can imagine. Let's all stand together. Hallelujah. 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 We're serving a God who is able, who is more than enough. Bring your circumstance to the altar. Bring your problem, bring your situation to the altar. Bring your question to the altar. Bring what you need in the altar. God is looking for faith. Our God is looking for someone that will get his attention. Someone that will diligently seek him and reach out to him and believe today is the day. Not next week. Not next month. Not next year. But today, somebody believe. Somebody must show faith. Somebody must be diligent in seeking from the throne of God.
Somebody needs a peace of mind. Somebody is desperate. I Why don't you exercise the power of faith? And what you do? Why don't you seek God diligently by faith?
Samana was ministering today. We often, I shouldn't say we often, I, I've heard at times um, someone make the statement like, I have faith that God, da, 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 right? I have faith that God can, I have faith that God will. I have faith that. And I was, I was really feeling the arresting of the Holy Ghost about that thought. And uh, I, I know sometimes things can be semantics maybe. Um, but I think it's more than that. You know, every word in Scripture matters. And that's such a subtle thing. But I'm not called to have faith that. I'm called to have faith in. I'm called to have faith in. Sometimes we have faith that God can heal. I'm called to have faith in God that He will. I know it's subtle. I know it's subtle, but it's important. What happens is we start putting faith in a situation changing faith that a situation can change faith that something can happen 
and our faith has to be in Him. It's in Him. And as His Spirit begins to operate in us, it's not even our faith anymore. The reality, the power of, is when it's His faith operative through our life. The Apostle Paul said, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. I'm not even living by my own faith anymore. I'm living by His faith operating through my life. And so when you and I are praying about a situation, a sickness, a healing, a circumstance, when we're praying about those things, we oftentimes put our faith and our confidence in maybe that can change. I would today that by the Spirit of the Lord there would be a shifting to where my faith gets placed again in Him, completely in Him. I have faith that He's in complete control. I have faith that He is the God that never fails. I have faith that no matter what comes... He is the same. He is the same. My faith is in Him. You say, but what about the circumstance? I don't care. I have faith in Him. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He cannot fail. I'm just going to be really transparent with you this morning. I'm going to let you go. But there's been some things I've been praying about for a while. And I'm waiting on them to change. I'm waiting on some things to happen. I'm praying in faith, Brother Laksamana, believing. And the enemy would love to try to rob us of faith because circumstances don't change or something doesn't happen. And so then we have these statements we make to ourselves. Or maybe you don't, but you're human like I am. Well, maybe I'm praying wrong. And I think we need to hear from him for what we pray. Sometimes we're praying for what we want rather than what he wants. That's a different thing for a different time. But the enemy would try to rob us and say, well, maybe God just doesn't want to. My faith is in him. In him. There's something the Lord's been doing And I don't know how the Lord talks to you. The way he talks to me is all of a sudden he'll start illuminating things to me. And I'll see a pattern that maybe I was blind to before. Or it's a season that I've come into that he's saying, now I'm ready to reveal some things. I I had prayed about some things on the journey and it seemed like nothing's changing I saw in the last just few months I've seen the results of prayers that were started 15 years ago in the last few months Us standing here today, the meetings we've been having together the last few weeks, this is the result of prayers for 10 plus years. I go, not just mine, you understand. 
I go back to when the Johnstones first came to these valleys. Has it been 13 years almost? 13 years ago. You've heard Bishop talk about the phone call he and I were on when the Lord told us the Johnstones were coming here. But the Johnstones, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I remember some of you in the, I remember coming and spending three years us sharing this building and praying and believing for things and wondering how do we, and knowing as men we couldn't produce it, we couldn't make it work, we can't, but having faith that God has spoken some things and 13 years later, now where's it going? I have no clue. I saw the results a week and a half ago of 24 years of prayer for a situation. And I... I'd be lying to you if I didn't say, you know, I just wondered that maybe nothing's ever going to change. But the Lord's doing something in my spirit. He's putting a resolve in my spirit that says, Lord, if it takes 24 years, my faith in you has not changed. If it takes 15 years, my faith has not changed. Why? Because my faith is not in the circumstance. It's not in what I see. My faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ that never changes. There's some of you here today you're the product of something that was prayed years ago. Years ago. When you and I begin to pray in faith, and it's a work of the Spirit, not a work of our flesh, that which is born of the Spirit is what? Spirit. Therefore, it's eternal. And so when you and I begin to pray in faith in the Spirit, we can set something in motion that whether we see it in our lifetime or not, it doesn't mean God is not faithful. Our faith has to be in Him. In Him. In Him. Amen. I'm thankful today for our great God. For our great God. I would today that you would pray that prayer again. Come on, I felt the Holy Ghost just as... The Lord was ministering here. Some of you, there were things quickened back to your spirit. Would you speak them out right now in the name of Jesus Christ? Come on, would you speak and declare by faith in Him? Once again, maybe something you've stopped praying for. Maybe you prayed for it, but it's been a while. Would you in faith today speak out again today? Lord, I have faith in You. With your stripes, we are healed. That's true from the moment you took stripes to this very day. And so I have faith in you. The blood that you shed at Calvary, I have faith in it. It's as powerful today as the day you shed it some 2,000 years ago. Your word is true. It never fails. My faith is in you, Father. Come on, no situations too far gone. No circumstances beyond His reach. The arm of the Lord is not short. His spirit is not slack. 
nothing is impossible for him. In the name of Jesus, 17, 18, 19 years ago, keep praying, you're fine. 17, 18, 19 years ago, I was in ministry with a dear friend, a brother that became a precious friend to me. And the adversary caused him to go away and slip away and robbed him of ministry and relationship with God. I've talked with him. We've conversed through the years periodically along the way. Not often, but periodically. I've prayed for him. I wanted to see if there's ministry in his life yet to be fulfilled, but he walked away. Brother John Stone, this morning I got a text from him. He was in church some 3,000 miles away. And a man of God came up to him and began to talk to him. And he recognized something happening. He sent me a message. He said, thanks for the prayers and the faithfulness. I know God's at work there. Come on, have faith in Him. Would you speak their name again? Would you speak to that situation and circumstance again? In the name of Jesus Christ. By the name and the authority of Jesus' name, I speak to the lost loved ones to return. I speak to the backslider to return. I command the bands of sin and darkness to be broken. They be released to return to the house of God. I speak to sickness, disease, and infirmity to go. I release the healing of the stripes of Jesus Christ today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Our faith is in you, Father. Our faith is in you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I'm going to say this and I think we'll let you go. There's some of you, you're wanting change in your life, in your circumstances, in your home, in your family, whatever. You're wanting to see change there. I was walking and praying like many of you after the ministry of the Word today. I was praying about those things. I felt the Holy Ghost. I believe the Lord would have you to hear something if you're tired and frustrated with some of that. There's value in putting roots down. We just talk applicable. We like the feeling and the move of the Spirit, and I'm all about that. I thank God for that. Sometimes we need to talk straight about some things too and realize we have some responsibility in this walk with God. Amen? And so there is value in putting roots down. You say, what do you mean? I mean saying, you know what? I'm here. I'm here to stay. I'm not going to the left and then to the right and over here and over there. I'm here to stay. I'm putting my feet down by the grace of God. 
I'm aligning myself with the man of God that God's given for my life. I'm going to hear from them. I'm going to submit my spirit to them. I'm going to let them talk to me and minister to me. We're going to work together. But I'm, I'm done floating around and being unstable. and doing. I'm putting some roots down. You're wondering why your life is going like this. It's because you're going like this. Put some roots down. In the, let the Lord establish you. Let the Lord establish you, strengthen you, and settle you. Let Him do that. Let Him do that. When you align yourself, when you let God place you in the body and align you in the body, with the body of Christ, with a man of God, what happens is there begins to be a flow of ministry that takes place to your life. It affects you. It affects your family. It affects those around you. But when you don't put roots down and you move around, you're just grabbing a hold of things. But no, there's no precept upon precept and line upon line because you're bouncing around. You're grabbing thoughts here and thoughts there. And so you're unstable. Well, I didn't plan on saying all this, but I hope you're listening. The Lord's wanting to establish you, but He can't if you're not letting Him. Let Him establish you and settle you. It'll settle your mind so your mind won't be tormented anymore. It'll settle your spirit so you don't have anxiety. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost trying to help somebody. It'll take care of that anxiety that you're battling, that fear that keeps you from let the Lord establish you. Put some roots down and say, I'm staying here. I don't have it all figured out, but God, I'm going to trust you to work in my life here. I'm going to trust you to speak to me, to use the man of God, the body of Christ. Let the Lord do this in your life. In Jesus' name. Let's thank him together before we go today. God, you're great and you're greatly to be praised. There is none like you. There's none that compare. We worship you today, not because we're anything, but because you are everything. We lift up the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you for the healing that you have done in this room today. I believe and know that you have healed minds and you have healed bodies. I thank you for it. I thank you for the work of deliverance that has happened in lives here this morning. I thank you, Father, for the placing of members in the body as it pleases you. We give you glory. We give you praise today. I pray be exalted. I pray the steps of this people be ordered of you throughout this week. That your name would be exalted and you would be glorified through our lives. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We thank you. We praise you. We give you glory. Can I encourage you today? Would you let the Holy Ghost mark you? And would you be sensitive that the moment He even makes you think about brother and sister Laksamana, that you would pray for them? Could we agree to do that? To continue to lift them up in prayer? To continue to strengthen them through prayer. And I'm just going to say this. If the Lord so moves on you. When you're giving offering and tithe. And the Lord so moves on you to put their name down. Would you do that? I know they probably don't like me saying that with them here. But I'm just going to say it anyway. 
not out of pressure, you understand, not out of obligation, but as the Lord would move on you. Amen. Corinthians says none of us would lack because we would supply the needs of one another. Amen. So just be sensitive to that. Amen. Praise God. We have a few announcements. What an awesome presence here today. We have a few things coming up. Remember the turkey drive? It's going to be November 23rd right here. We last week needed to raise about $2,000. I'm not sure where we're at exactly, but we have a little ways to go. $25 purchases an entire meal. You can give online the drop down. You can